Hello, Podwalkers, and welcome to another episode of the Goblin Lore Podcast. Um, we are all here today, so I'm kind of spoiling a little bit, but it's very excited, and I'm also very, very excited for the topic that we're here for, um, even though only two-thirds of our um, cast is at all familiar with the thing that we're going to be talking about. But it's still very exciting. So I'm Alex, found on Twitter at uh, mill underscore chronicler. For now, I'm I'm almost broken the habit, but I still check in there occasionally. <laughs> I just assume that neither of you do. So I, I remember it exists about once a week. I open okay. it up to check if I have notifications, and if I do, I look at them. If I don't, I close it, which <laughs> feels really healthy. I don't yeah. know. <laughs> just has made me feel so much better. But then today we are going to talk about the uh the fallout uh universes beyond set um there have been a number of these we did an episode on the lord of the rings one which was a lot of fun and i know uh taya and hobbs both did an episode on the uh, doctor who which is a, a property that means a lot to them that i have almost no familiarity with at all outside of random pop culture osmosis and even that is fairly thin for that that property for me but so as part of that, we just wanted to do, you know, we always do our, our opening question. Or we, we uh, I almost said try to hops. We endeavor to. How does that one work for you? <laughs> well, so we this, do it. We might fail. Well, some episodes <laughs> or we, we don't, don't do it. So we do oh, it or yes. we don't do it. Yeah. Yes. We, we have we a plan to, to do it. it. We sometimes fail. There we go. And so uh, for this one, we felt a uh, appropriate question would be to, you know, what, what's your favorite Fallout game? So the Fallout is a very, very quick, for people who don't know, Fallout is a video game series. There have been a, a handful, well, more than a handful of them at this point now. I have not played the first two or anything before Bethesda got them. So they the, the first ones were sort of CRPGs or computer RPGs sort of in the bowl, uh, isometric sort of the Baldur's yeah. Gate style. Classic, uh, yeah, classic isometric RPGs. Yeah, and then Bethesda bought them and, and made them first or third person, depending on how you want to play it, like action RPG, basically sci-fi apocalypse version of Elder Scrolls. Like they play just like the Elder Scrolls games in in that very vague sense. I started with that Fallout Three, played all the big ones from there. So for for me, it really it come. I, I liked Three. I got to level fifty in seventy six and had fun. Uh, won't call it. Won't say I liked the game, but I definitely had fun while playing the game. At least some of it, especially because I was playing with with some friends for parts of it. But I think it, it really comes down to Four or New Vegas for me. I think New Vegas I like as a game better but there are system things in four that i love enough it it, it really makes me uh, vacillate back and forth so i I will say if i have to pick a favorite i would put new vegas at at the first but it it's with a little bit of a struggle so taya do you sure i'll go next i'm taya i'm taya transcends on blue sky i did break the uh twitter habit completely i am yeah, I am done with anything Musk-related. Thankfully, I, I do not... I try not to think of him as much as possible. Unfortunately, shit, he does keep showing up in my face anyways, because he, unfortunately, is the richest man in the world and has that much influence on everything we do. 
But anyways, uh, yeah, uh, my pronouns are she, her, they, them. And uh, yeah, I've played Fallout since the beginning. I had the original back in whatever, 97 when it came out. I remember playing them, you know, kind of going through murdering everybody you meet, you know, having fun. I don't remember much of the story about other, other than finding the, the, the garden of Eden, the Gek. Yes. Uh, kit. I I don't remember too much else about that. I don't remember too much else about the fight with the other than fighting with the enclave in the second one. I've never replayed them, but, uh, I definitely remember the stories from three and onwards way better. And, uh, new Vegas is definitely my favorite, which is also a trans stereotype. There's a lot of, uh, (laughs) stereotypes about trans girls and new Vegas so it's, it's funny i have seen that i 100 percent have yeah. seen that and I, and I know very little about fallout but i do that <laughs> I yeah. that that's part that is part of what you know yeah. <laughs> hey, you know. so yeah i've really enjoyed new vegas i i've played it a lot i played the expansion it has been at least eight years since I have played it. So it's, it's getting to the point now where my memories are getting a little fuzzy on everything, but the looking through the cards have definitely re-sparked some memories on everything. You know, obviously four is the most, you know, has the most uh, current memories associated with it. And, you know, it's, oh yeah. You know, I definitely remember all these things from four, but uh, new Vegas was the one where I, definitely sunk the most hours into and kind of enjoyed playing that environment the most and really it also was the one where I was most you know um, well I guess three was the one where I was most familiar with the environment because I lived in DC at the time so I was like oh I know these areas yeah yeah I I did once fly into uh, Washington DC and and see the Jefferson Monument so memorial. Yeah, yeah. And and in my head, of course, I immediately go, Oh, there's Project Purity. And then I had to like correct, well, no, there's a real thing that that actually is. And yeah. uh, Oh, is that me? Oops. I sorry, yeah, I, was, I, I was I was reminiscing, now, reminiscing on my favorite Fallout moments. I don't remember what number it was. It's the one where everybody says something like war is the same as all other things or something like that over and over again. Like it's, it's, it's war. It's wartime. The thing. Approximately the thing, which is yeah, approximately the thing. The yeah. thing that was told to be right before we started. Cause yeah, no, I, I know nothing other than I own one of the game of the year versions that I never started because I had picked it up with all intents of playing and I lost just my time for playing games. So I've always kind of heard of the fallout system, you know, kind of knew some of the stuff to do with like, uh, which I'm hoping maybe to learn from you all, like this whole bobblehead thing and that like the bobblehead character version versus kind of the rest of the game. Like at first I always thought like the bobblehead was like the art for the game. Like I thought that was like the style. Like I Mm. thought that 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 character doing like the big thumbs up was like, was how the game worked. I had no clue until I looked, you know, more into it and kind of saw the, the, I think what I knew it more as was either the first or the third person shooter kind of setups. So yeah, I know very little about it. This is probably 
the first universe beyond that I know, or the this is the universe beyond I know the least about. Okay. So yeah, this will be a fun conversation. I mean, these cards are super flavorful, even if you know nothing about the universe. It's the same way, yes. really, for me with the 40k cards, as I knew very that was little the other about one. 40k. Yeah, that's the one that I know very I little like, about. This is, I was like, this is really cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, this was one and, of those ones where we've talked about. It was interesting for me to kind of see the cards coming out to see people talking about them without having that. And just to see, okay, well, how do they work? It's just kind of magic cards, right? Like how does these mechanics, these new mechanics work? I know we're going to talk about them because there's some that like, I, I mean, the main one, the the new, one of the main new ones I found completely like flavorful from like, just from what I know from a Melthos kind of standpoint, it's the radiation one. So it just, that I could I could figure out what it did. And so it was really cool to be experiencing one in the universe beyond where I knew basically nothing about the world. Like yeah. very, very little. And and for me, one of the interesting things I was thinking about on the way the way home about this, and it's 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 the first one for me that's a game property being turned into a magic set. Obviously, Warhammer is a game as well. And that one I didn't know enough. But there's there's some cards that are like centered around game mechanics and a thing where like Lord of the Rings is, is books and stories. So you're not going to have the, like the mechanics of how the thing works. It's you read a book while you read a card. It's that's kind of the same thing, but it's interesting to see obviously world and character details. Books have world and character details. TV shows have world and character details as does these game series. But this has game mechanics too, which is at least from a, uh, Mel standpoint is really interesting for me to see how some of those game mechanics were ported over to a different game, a wildly different type of game, you know, from a video game to a paper card game. It's, it's super interesting. Yeah, it has been. And also looking at what they chose to bring in as reprints too. Oh Yeah. And they fit in some really good reprints to this mm-hmm. universe. Yeah. Absolutely. So do we want to just start somewhere? Yeah. I'm. Why don't we start with kind of our, why don't we start with our highlights? Okay. You know, very, do you have a good way to go off? Because I have a weird one. You have a weird one. All right. I'm going to go with, I'm going to go with, and what I want is a highlight from what I want to do as a uh, mechanical point of view that I think is really cool. And that that's the master transcendent. And this one gets, you know, it gives out rad counters, which, you know, deal with milling stuff. And, and then it has the ability to take things that have been milled and create them as creatures under your control. And I love reanimation. So this this is a pure Salti value commander. You're milling things and you're reanimating. Yep. And the Salti deck, this is the backup commander in the Salti deck, which has to do with milita- milling and rad counters. Surprise, surprise. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the main commander, the Wise Mothman, is a plus one, plus one counter deck. Which, okay, you know, that's basically Simic counters, add black for the milling. I'm like, yeah, I'm over that. 
but add black for the reanimate and then i'm like okay you've got my attention <laughs> yep yeah i like this one a lot uh, I the mean, art it's is also to... creepy as hell on this <laughs> card I'm not yes. gonna lie though, it, it is kind of funny. And this was one of those coming from a universe beyond type of piece that we now have two villains, I'm guessing. Oh, yes. That are yep. the master. Yes. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> two, different, two different properties. Yep. With two different properties. So when I saw this one, I was like, wow, so I can make a master deck that now. <laughs> <laughs> what what yeah. colors is the Doctor Who one in? black Grixis. Grixis. oh so that's yeah. perfect yeah. yeah perfect it's it's a slightly different deck but that's that's cool yeah but yeah. i just thought it was really funny i was like can i make a master master deck yet are I we also, there <laughs> you know th this is something that just now occurred to me but you know i i have my my Taya transcendent screen name which came from narset transcendent but now i have master transcendent is too but I, i'm not, not gonna quite associate with this look as much as narset uh, okay yeah that's that's fair and i think we've established your your lore to narset a lot more than whatever yeah. this is yeah and and that's this is the one of the the like the eight commanders that i don't actually know so the master is from the first fallout was it the second i think it's the second a oh, second one okay yeah. Did I correctly yeah. identify that it is a villain? It yes. is a villain, yes. Okay. Sweet. Yes, absolutely. I was like, hey, you know, certain worlds, mutants, you know, not all mutants are villains. I think I learned that yeah. from, definitely from, from a Professor villain. X. But yeah, this so. one definitely a villain. In in the trying to turn everyone into mutants camp, if I were Yeah, I'm, I'm pretty with. sure that, that is where this one comes from. And like I said, my my memories of the first two Fallout games, I mean, this is back in this is back in college for me, so it's it's long, long time ago, and I'm old now. I can't remember shit from like two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, I don't remember plots from yep. video games when I was in college. That's that's fair, but it it's kind of it's funny you start there because for my my weird thing, one of the the things I was most interested in from the beginning was actually the rad counters themselves. <laughs> just the yeah, mechanic. I mean, of the it. rad counters are awesome. The, yeah. Yeah. Yep. Well, and, and from a the, speaking of sort of a game mechanic sort of thing translated into the game, I thought it was really, really cool how this works because this mechanic, it does something that hurts because you're milling, which on its own is, you know, advancing you towards running out of your deck. That is a resource, but it's also a thing you can build around to be really good. And it's sort of in the average case scenario, you might play somebody's cards with red counters and just kind of ignore that effect and just okay i'll mill a few things but the rest of it is good and it's it's funny because all three of those scenarios are pitch perfect to how radiation works in the fallout games that i've played and you and lose yeah yeah that's true so that's true you're milling and you're just, losing life yeah it's not just mill so you're you're yep. doing that's the problem with mill by itself normally is you're not your milling only counts when you mill the last card. This one actually goes towards standard victory condition as well. Yeah, and and there I'm talking kind of from a, a self point too, because looking right. at uh, especially the wise Mothman, where it's like you are getting a benefit as you're milling things because it kind of mm -hmm. keys into this other thing, and so it's like I just I love how that mechanically fits because in the Fallout games I played, by and large. You're generally ignoring it. It hurts a little bit, but you'll you're eating radiated food. But the health gain is important enough that you're just going to kind of ignore the radiation for now. Or there's times where you're 
build, there's actual builds you build around having high levels of radiation and then you get to do funky things. It's just, I, I love how that translated. Yeah, it was cool. And then similar to radiation, they also brought back energy, which is one of my mm-hmm. all-time favorite mechanics. Uh, yes. I played so much energy during Kaladesh Standard. Uh, Aetherworks Marvel is one of my favorite cards of all time. So to see more energy cards come into play. And I like how most of them generate energy and consume it in this set. So you don't have to have one or the other. Uh, most it, of them do both. It makes the it makes the mechanic play a little less yeah. parasite-y, if that makes sense. Yeah. It, it plays on its own, even if you don't have a whole deck around it. You can splash one or two of these cards in a deck that doesn't care about energy normally. I like that. And it's a perfect mechanic because it, it fits, A, the sort of science, the science fiction setting, but even even B, like the energy token from this set is a is, a, is an energy core, uh, a fusion core that are used in Fallout's 4 and 76 for power to power your power armor. So it's like, it, it is an actual mechanic in some of the games to pay attention to your energy amount. Mm-hmm. That's cool. So speaking of mechanics that came back, here's my weird one. Um, I want to talk about the card camp because it is the oh, second yeah. ever fortification or, in the game. Yes. I, I, yes. I just yep. saw that today. I saw that one over the weekend, actually. I was like, yeah. oh my god, had, we can fortify a yeah. land! I, and I, I I, had to Scryfall, as soon as I saw this card, I was looking at it this weekend, because I'm like, this mechanic, it, it was in Future Sight, is the only yeah. other mechanic. Garrison. Darksteel Garrison. Darksteel Garrison. I asked. So it was it was one of the cards, and it was a future shifted card. So it's a, one of Future Sight is one of my favorite sets, but it's also wildly complex and silly, and I'm glad. Well, and the this game one, doesn't do sorry, sets like that anymore. This one's <laughs> also hilarious because it's future-sighted, but yet we yes. went back to oh, that's Mirrodin true. <laughs> more than once. <laughs> yes. And, and it, we did that. They decided to not use that mechanic. I no, mean, they so didn't use They decided yeah. that was not what they wanted on Mirrodin, but I think it's funny that that's where it's but then they brought it here. housed. Yes. Yeah, I, so they bring just, it back here. I love so. it. And it, it's, I think... It's a relatively straightforward mechanic, but I've been invested in the game for a long time. It's basically an artifact that works like an equipment, but for lands instead of for creatures. So you just fortify them to attach this to a land rather than equipping it to a creature. I just, I love the mechanic of it or the, the, that flavor, but I also love that this is God, like a, the first time we're ever seeing this after Future Sight. Yeah. Yeah, I I was I just had to read that card again when I saw it because I'm like, wait, did that say fortify? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you know, oh. and it creates a, a junk token, which I also really like. That's yeah. There are two new tokens. Well, there's a couple, but there's two new tokens that are more widespread in this set that I think are both really good for this set and especially junk i think junk is one that could easily come back in other in other magic sets well junk they've used before well, they have used it well let's see there we go i just totally missed that that it oh wasn't i didn't even know new. that either i thought they had at least maybe i'm wrong maybe, maybe i wrong. just remember seeing it previewed like eight months ago and thinking that it had been <laughs> oh, oh god that's actually i think that is what happened yeah that's probably what happened is i remember seeing it previewed and then because it's a really cool yeah. mechanic. I yeah. love that. Right, the, like an, an impulse, like well, the, the what is that? Is that like the impulse draw or the um, exile the top card? I think that's what they call it, impulse draw because it's yeah. kind of a red thing. 
Yeah. Oh, and I'm just thinking scrap. That's what I'm thinking. It's oh, basically yeah. scrap with upside. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Okay. It's scrap with upside. Okay. I was like, yeah, for here, I just uh, impulse draw on a token that's like your throwaway. I, or like yeah. a, this idea of it being a throwaway thing is mm -hmm. absolutely like basically that idea of almost the, you know, making something out of junk is really yeah. cool to me. I don't know if that's what happens with junk yes. in the game that you build yes. with it. You, you, okay. you salvage junk Sweet. and you build stuff out of it. So yeah, see, that's... look at this. It's working. Yep. They managed, yeah, they, they perfectly... I captured Wait. that. Yeah. Good yeah, job. It's me. No, that's... it's not them, Alex. That was me. <laughs> that was that you. Was... You were so... <laughs> like, that's when I, when I mentioned, like there is mechanics in four that make me really, really love four. That was one of the things they added crafting in a larger, deeper water sense than, than the games had before, at least again, the ones I played. And so suddenly things met like stuff that you would have ignored. So one of the things like the, like the elder scrolls games, you can pick up almost any object you want. You can just carry yeah. around uh, literally aluminum food trays like for from a like a cafeteria but, oh and that's like one of the first cards previewed was over incumbents and that was yes. so perfect yeah it's so perfect because that's a common thing you do in this game is you just carry too many things and now you can't fast travel and you're moving slower but like i literally would go weekly in game to a packing plant to loot 150 of these trays because i could break them down for aluminum which was used to build things yeah so I, I love junk and uh settlement is the other token that i love because again it's weird token things it's a that it's was a really cool it's an enchant land token that was really neat yeah and and it enchanted land has add one mana of any color and it's yeah it it fits kind of the settlement building that is a thing in four and to a degree 76 kind of from a different angle which some people aren't a big fan of that's fair but i think the flavor of that is pretty cool to capture and this is kind of a cool way to do that you take all land and now it can produce more resources for you yeah and kind of speaking of like over encumbered i loved the whole cycle <laughs> of trait cards like nerd rage and over encumbered and Yep, all of the you know that whole that required the, mutation. The, there was one that I loved. Uh, I think the strong back. Yep, strong back was yes, another. It's another card. one of the same cycle. Yeah. Okay, because so so I I mean when when I was looking at for this set right, seeing that there was a Naya one was I was looking at things that could be potentially good for any decks right. Just a, a brief overview for mine, and this I was so bummed about because it doesn't work for Sir Gwen. <laughs> Because yep. there was all these weird like auras that also cared about equipments, but they oh, were yeah. in green. This is going to go in Stang so fast. I mean, <laughs> yes. Nice. There's so much eaten well for if you're a Stang player. Um, yeah, there is so you, much good stuff for if Stang. you want to bring back deck. Earl the Mist Stalker, that's, yeah. you, there's just so many cool things. But this card, Strong Back, blew my mind. <laughs> I was like, what? <laughs> yeah, I just saw that one. I was preparing beforehand. And that are, we as soon as you start talking unencumbered, see, so yeah, there we go. Yeah. I was like, wow. So you need to have a strong back so you can carry all your junk. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I'm getting yeah, it. So. Yeah. And. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you kind of getting closer to a different quote that I was going to bring up at some point too. <laughs> like I love nerd rage so much. Yeah. Because it's it's an or like it gives cards and like was enchanted creature has no you have no maximum hand size, 
and what it yeah. attacks if you have 10 or more cards in your hand you get a plus 10 plus 10 because it's it that is a yeah that's the one that gives you a bonus when you have 10 intelligence right yes when you have yeah. 10 intelligence so it's it's like a high yeah. you start as a high int build and then you can turn it into like a strong melee build but you have yeah. to get all the way to the to 10 so it's just like it's i love that and that gives you the two cards to help you get there, which also helps with the whole two for one aura sort of thing. Yeah. But yeah. The other cycle of cards that I got I really enjoyed were the sagas with the various vault mm-hmm. issues. And this I, is something you're probably not familiar with. Hob, since you didn't play it, but each of the vaults, you know, they were all set up by Vault Tech to supposedly protect humanity from the war, but they all set them up as basically sadistic experiments. Okay, mm-hmm. I've always so played, okay, cool. Each I've, one of them, well, each one of them on. was set up as some kind of something was wrong with every one of the vaults, intentionally wrong. Yeah, or some some sort of experiment. Yeah, set up for all of them. Most of them horribly. Terror, like just sadistic. Yeah. Before we go too much further, too, because I need to know this now before just uh, modulate my rage level for, for this episode as we go on. Does anything happen to dog meat? Because if something does, uh, I don't know that anything canonically happens. No. I say dog dog meat is in, I believe, every game. Okay, dog that's all I need. It's a different lot. Though when you play, because the AI is usually <laughs> awful and it runs yes. into traps constantly. Yes. Okay. Okay. But, but it comes but back canonically. Uh, yeah, it, it uh, comes uh, back. Yeah, dog meat is fine. Storyline wise, is what I care about here. Yep. I mean, yeah, so, absolutely. Quick load is your friend when your companion blows themselves up because they ran into a mine. Yes. But yeah, I I love. Do we want to talk about a couple of the vaults? Yeah, let's talk about some of the vaults. So, like Vault Twenty One, I'll start with Vault Twenty One House Gambit because that is a reference to in. Uh, so there's vaults all over, but this is a new. This was from New Vegas. But there's a there's a vault under New Vegas, and the this is and I found a a, a couple of years ago there was a, a video game YouTube channel I follow that did a ranking every Fallout vault that is like can within the canon. I think they even did some of them that were like within the like the notes for games that didn't get made but they're like everything we can find all the vaults that we can find within sort of official stuff whether it was made or not ranking them according to how much we'd like to live in them from the worst to the best and the best was like six or something it was very very few at the very top but um vault 21 is one of the few that wasn't horribly terrible it was just an experiment every decision in the vault had to be made by a game of chance that was the conceit for that one. And so it's in the, it's in Vegas. That was kind of part of it. And then ultimately, one of like the last thing that sort of shut the vault down was after the apocalypse, Mr. House, who's one of the, the commanders, approached the vault dwellers and just said, Would you like to leave the vault and become part help me like rebuild this city? And so they did a game of chance and he won the game. And so they they left the vault. And turn it into like a uh, hotel tourist attraction. Might be more to that story, but like that's what I that's what I know of of that. But that's why I like this one. Yeah, 
you know, kind of going back to the original game is like your your Garden of Eden creation kit. You you were supposed to get one as part of your vault, so once it was clear, you could go out and start, you know, refarming and stuff. But instead, they got a stockpile of other parts, and then another vault got an unlimited number of Garden of Eden creation kits. And they just like swapped stuff like that around and did. But then, as the games got on, they got more sadistic and kind of more detailed in what they're like. That was a really early kind of see, but they got more like they purposely sabotaged the radiation scrubbers, so you ended up with mutations. Mm-hmm. I think that might have been Vault Twelve, Vault which is 12. a card in here. Yeah, the, the the mono black one. Yeah, I might be wrong on that, but I think it is. Yeah, so I think one of the, Yeah, there, there, there's a reason, and this was a thing that I really enjoyed. If you go to the reprints, you're looking at the lands. A bunch of non-legendary lands have references to things locations in the art and the temple of deceit is the vault tech industry headquarters yeah that is really cool yeah that is a really cool flavor i like when they do the reprints like pull the reprints and are able to um, put them into the world they did that with doctor who as well yeah and the flavor text is perfect too where it says vault tech's vaults rather than being a savior of humanity were actually a series of unethical psychological experiments Whoa, whoa, are they making the psychologists out to be bad guys? Actually, well, and and these guys, it, it was we? honestly was more than psychological too. There were medical experiments. There was there was okay. a vault. Well, good. I feel better where the there were scientists who were living kind of behind the walls that the vault dwellers didn't know about, and those scientists were supposed to continuously infect them with different diseases to test how they worked in living populations. And ultimately, that didn't happen. Because one of the scientists is like, nope, this is messed up and like infected all the scientists, I think, and killed the scientists. <laughs> but then the vault dwellers got to just live a normal life. <laughs> and so ultimately, that's one of those vaults where it's like, well, this is one of the best to live in because some person decided this was too messed up and broke the system. Because this otherwise, is, it would have been one of the worst. This is a- Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's... The game is dark. It it just, yes. yeah, I mean, it's a post-apocalyptic game. You it, get what you expect. Yes, but it's also, as a, as a flavor for it, which was really hard for me to understand at, at, at the outset, this isn't a post-apocalypse of our world. This is a no. post-apocalypse of an alternate history where certain technological advances didn't happen after World War II. So, like, computer technology is way, way, way behind it happened like the bombs drop in 2077 and they're barely at early early computers right but also that there is a cultural stagnation in the u.s that causes like the culture to still be in like the music of the 50s and things and there's also a lot of like critique of late stage capitalism <laughs> yeah shit going oh, it on is too. it is very much it is the 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 whole game is kind of a critique of that. Um, really, it, that that starts in three and mm-hmm. four hits it really hard. Yeah, three is where you go into the Nuka Cola plant, and there's some, some multiple cards in here, including like the Nuka Cola vending machine is one I'm actually really excited about. But you go into the Nuka Cola 
headquarters, and if you read a lot of the the audio, or like the the logs and the things in the computers, you learn that like part of their thing. They literally like their tagline was drink drink a nuke. Like that is their their thing. They shape their bottles like rockets because there are radioactive isotopes in this cola. And the human experiments that they did to find a radioactive isotope that wouldn't kill their customers killed a lot of test test subjects. They like that is the concept. Well, if you look at the soul ring, look at the flavor text <laughs> on the soul ring. Yes. Yep. Yeah. Maybe they discover new weaponizable isotopes, but a tasty beverage. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Another cycle I want to mention, though, while we're here, is the Talisman cycle. They they did the the magazines, which are one time yes. one time use objects, which increase a stat. But yeah, those the, those are so cool as talismans. I love that. Yeah, I thought that was cool. I so mean, I need I'm to just... ask about one of my f- favorite, like just based on the art. So uh, I was hoping to hear a little bit more. I mean, it just could be something that's just basically like a not tied to anything other than this world. But the art for Nuclear Fallout is absolutely fantastic so this is jason no who did yeah wasn't this jason rainville yeah it was jason rainville did this art and it is a take on like the nuclear family and dinner from norman oh, Rockwell. yeah that is yes. so good that, when you yes. when you were mentioning kind of bro- alex that like stagnation with like 50s culture mixed in with kind of this like commentary on late, late state capitalism that made me really think of this art and like what Jason did with making this art work kind of as, I mean, well, the, the, the flavor text alone is about the the end of the world occurring is predicted with too many humans and not enough space or resources to go around. I mean, it's really kind of interesting. Like the details are trivial and pointless. And the the reasons is always purely human ones, but this artwork here, because I'm, I, I mean, I've, I am taking it. There are mutants and there are Mm -hmm. things that are happening. You know, you have this take on the classic Norman Rockwell painting and, and people don't really think about it like that, that, that painting gets misused a lot. Well, a lot of Norman Rockwell does. Yes, they do. Because people don't really seem to get the social commentary underpinnings that Norman Rockwell had, which is hilarious to me. Like dude did some of the most like, like, like the, the art of the, the girl walking with uh, the, ruby um my mind's gonna go blank but the girl uh during like school desegregation right like he Mm. he did some just wild just i mean in terms of uh, subverting norms uh, in terms Mm -hmm. of his art but that is one of them like that that art is 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 about like the end of that kind of era and how people were clinging to it and these elements to then see it turn on its head with this nuclear fallout like jason just crushed this i just i had to because like i i that was one of the only ones i had really paid a ton of attention to before before today so also, yeah. I was like, this is just a good removal spell too yeah yeah it's oh, yeah. really cool like an yeah. x spell and also can give those give players those rad counters yes well and that, uh, that's one that i actually wanted to talk about too because a it's a card I'm, I'm i'm actually excited about it's one i'm i'm thinking about for my zyra deck potentially but also be the flavor text that you read there Hobbs uh I looked at that I'm like man that really fits sort of with a lot of the aesthetic and so I was looking at something else the the reference that you you were making at the beginning Hobbs the war war never changes which is how every fallout game starts 
Well, the flavor text on Nuclear Fallout is the rest of the opening monologue for Fallout 2. So, like, that is, mm-hmm. is actually a quote from that game. Oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. And then uh, the rest of the the other part of that quote, the, the first part, War, War Never Changes, is actually flavor text in the reprint of Casualties of War, which kind of is fitting the same this a, a similar aesthetic there i i i like this card in general yeah that's as a, a good black card green, yeah it's black green re- single target removal spell sort of in commander because you can hit one or more artifact creature enchantment land planeswalker it'd seem more play if it wasn't six mana yeah six mana makes it hard double green double black but that it's, it's art a, is so good, though. It's so good, and that has that quote: "War, war never changes." And in the art, you see just the skeletal remains of a couple drinking a root beer float or a shake or something. Um, yeah, possibly at malt. a malt shop. Yeah, at a shop. Yeah, yeah. So those those two were were in my notes. I love that you called that out, Hobbs. Yeah. No, I that was the one. I mean, once again, Jason Rainville art is absolutely fantastic. We st- still need to find schedules to get him on. And that was long ago. <laughs> we were going to, because he, yeah, his schedule was bad. Ours was bad to do, discuss Admiral Beckett Brass. But I would be very happy since then, since that he's just crushed a number of pieces, starting with Storm the Seed Core. His art has just gone very yeah. hard lately. He's, yeah. But yeah, I, another, I love it. Yeah. Another cycle I wanted to bring up was the bobbleheads. Yes. This was ingenious, making them mana cool. rocks. Yes, I, ability. I need to know about bobbleheads. Something. So in game they are just they are just hidden collectibles. You get an achievement for finding all of them. There's one for each stat. Mm-hmm. That's it. They don't do anything. You have a you have a place in your house where you can display them. They don't do anything. They're just collectibles. They put them in and... I think some of them give you stat boosts. In some games. I, th- I think it differs yeah, every game. But they are definitely like collectibles to go find. And they're display. hidden really... They're hidden very well. And they're, you know, yes. That's the thing. They're, they're hide-and-seek items. Yep. Absolutely. And, and that's why so I love that they lore, have... How do they fit in? Lore wise, this like the the Vault Boy, who is the character in all these, was part of the marketing arm of Vault Tech. And so that's kind of from a lore standpoint, like the characters, you know, some of them like to collect bobbleheads, some of them don't. Like the actual bobbleheads as items themselves don't fit in the lore a ton, other than people liking to collect things sometimes. But that character specifically and also shows up you know in this special art was it these other special cards the there's the cartoony looking ones from this set that character is part of that marketing for the company that's built these vaults and sold them to consumers as people like the who safe sca- place to go as the safe place because is okay. yeah as part of the this whole world like there was a long cold war that led up to a very hot war for very brief moments when the nuclear bombs set off. And so during that whole stretch of the Cold War, they were selling these vaults to people 
for multiple reasons. Well, One for the, the hot war, the hot war was going on for a while before the bombs Ooh, fell. That's true. There, that's true. There yeah. was some actual conflict too. Yeah, there was all the fighting over Alaska. Alaska and, yeah, Alaska yeah. specifically, and there, there's some other things that were. You had like the U.S. annexed Canada at yeah. one point in order to maintain the pipeline with Alaska because there was. Yeah. I've noticed in the the more recent ones, four backs away from it a little bit. I think '76 is backing away more, but in the early games, there was a whole thing in the history about the resource wars where fossil fuels were running out, uh, uranium was running out. That's part of why there are nuclear cars in this world cars you just you literally have a nuclear reactor in your car because fossil fuels just were so scarce that all led to some conflicts over alaska led to conflicts over sort of the last sources of of oil so that that's true but like that character shows up in a lot of places in the game sometimes funny sometimes ironic sometimes funny on the surface but also then you're like that it kind of makes you cringe a little bit because you're like, oh, that company is just not a good company. There's <laughs> a lot yeah. of bad people running running this thing. And you'll get, I think, I know in Fallout 3, like depending on, so it, they show up in the vaults a lot too. So like Vault Tech would have vault training videos to teach you how to survive in the wasteland or to how to survive in the vaults. And they would be more cartoonized with Vault Boy kind of going about different tasks. So what his name is? I like Vault Boy. <laughs> yeah, I think that. Yep, Vault Boy. It is. <laughs> okay, cool. I was like, I hope it is because I really yep. like that. But I like that these bobbleheads, they are mechanically relevant, right? Like collecting yeah. them does something yes. for you. And, so that's yeah. cool. Isn't there an alt-win-con? The luck one has an alt-win-con. Yes. You have to roll dice and you get exactly X number of sixes. You have to roll six, seven times. Yes, exactly seven times. Yeah. That's cool. I like that. That's a really cool alt mechanic to me, to it, like an alt wincon. It, it's very, very unlikely. Because first you need to have all the bobbleheads, and then you need to... They actually could have made that a little easier, I think, to, because you have to have all the bobbleheads first to even do have that. Yeah. yeah, they probably could have just said if you roll all evens, you know, you'd. Yeah, but it's still, and it's it's something you'd be doing because you're you're making treasure tokens. Yeah, some if you just get lucky, you get a you you just win the game. Yeah, I I, I really like these, and I th- the agility one goes into Kozilek for sure. <laughs> It's, it's not only gives a creature haste, which I sometimes need Kozlek to have in that deck, but then it makes it unblockable except by creatures with haste, which yeah. I think is super mechanically interesting because it makes haste yeah. significant after the turn you play it. Yeah, I, I always liked that about the ginger, ginger brute. Well, ginger brute was the second one. What was the first one? No, ginger brute's the first one. Sir ginger, ginger brute is the, the second. first one. Sir okay. Ginger is the second? Are you talking about like of the gingers? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. yeah. Sir Ginger is the second. Yeah. So Ginger Brute was also one that can't, can only be blocked by creatures with haste. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. I didn't realize that. So that's cool that that mechanic was preexisted too. So I, so one I needed to ask about 
mm-hmm. because it's one that I'm likely to pick up to play into Sir Gwen as I was looking through these things is it's, I'm guessing this arm thing that I see people walking around building is called Pit Boy. The Pit Boy, yeah. Yes. That's... Okay. What does it do? <laughs> is it like, is it how you navigate your screens? Is it? Yeah, yes. it's basically, it's your UI, it's your. Okay your health computer it's your it's your little personal computer but remember the, the computers were like 80s crt level computers yeah. okay so because there's like these because it has things right like it, it, mm-hmm. that was my guess on what it must be because the the abilities are really cool so whenever you attack you get to sort your inventory uh, pick a perk and that was when i didn't really know what that <laughs> aligned with versus the then check map which uh, these abilities are all great by the way draw a card so you like cycle a card or well cycle three draw a card discard a card loot put a plus one plus one counter and then untap two target lands great abilities for a one mana equip for two yep but the, I didn't know what pick a perk meant at all. That, pick a perk would be picking one of those special abilities like strong back or something like that. Yeah. Okay. It's, cool. It's cool. it's also how you level up your character. Yeah. Sorting your inventory, checking your map. It, it's got all those sort of functions. Your your one in um, Fallout Three is super high tech because it also has a radio receiver. Yeah, so you get to listen to the radio all the time. Yeah. And that's how you find a lot of quests. You tune into various radio signals in the wasteland, and yeah, as, as you're walking around, it'll just have a little pop up say, "You this radio s- signal is uh, you can li- you know turn this on now if you want." Yeah, I uh, one of the the random flavor hits that I just I love. I don't know if I'll even play the card, but the uh, bottle cap blast. Oh I just, yeah. I love because it having improvise is just so perfect because <laughs> the that's one of the like early easy explosives you can make in the game are bottle cap explosives that you have to like rinky dink together with duct tape literally in some games. Yeah. Hobbs, here, here's what I want to ask you to see if you can figure out just based on the flavor of the card. Okay. Uh, white glove gourmand. Okay. What color is this? It's white black. White black. Okay. Oh, that that looks like a nice friendly a human noble. I love the nobles. When white glow gormans enter the battlefield, create two one white one one. Oh God! Why are there cannibals? <laughs> For the love of God! What are they doing? Noble they're, cannibals. That. They're noble. Yeah, yeah, yeah. See, look. Okay, now Wizards is going to get some from me because let's let's talk about this. Goblin King, not a noble. The cannibal is a noble. That's why I brought this one up because I know how much you love. Him. Oh gosh! Now I've already tweeting this out. That's what's going on right here. Okay. Oh god. You're part of one of the three uh, families on the strip. Yep. Yeah. I, I I'm, I'm glad you thought to to bring that one up to Hobbs because it's just like oh, okay, that's kind of neat. I wouldn't have thought to uh, get that good uh, good reaction. Yeah. Something random that isn't like a big reaction, but gets a oh, that's really cool for me. A cycle of of new cards. They did the enemy color. I want to call these bad filters, but they're oh, maybe it's the disparaging to them. 
the signet lands. That's a great way yes. to put them. That, that's what the... From Odyssey is the first place they showed up. So like when I was in high school, <laughs> so quite a while ago, we got the end of or the ally color signet lands and it's taken us this long for them to put the enemy color one somewhere and i i just i love these cards so it's just they're they're pay a colorless tap them add two mana of a specific color so desolate mire makes black white they're i love them for fixing obviously they're not as good as like the the filters with the hybrid colors from the uh, lower one shadow more block because these don't tap for mana on their own so if they're your only land, you have no mana, you need to pay the one to tap them to get two out. Mm-hmm. And they're also less flexible because you don't get hybrid. But I still think it's pretty cool that uh, that these showed up. And also the names are generic enough. These could show up in a lot of sets. Yeah, they could. Oh, I just saw the art on Austere Command. That is really cool. <laughs> yes. I had another... All the bobbleheads are melting. I, I, I will say, too, the, the Signet Land, it was kind of interesting to see that, a cycle that far removed be completed. Right, yeah. I yeah. knew it would be someday. It, it was one of those things that just, they would complete for Commander. I knew it would. I didn't know when it would happen. Yeah. But it is funny to hear them called Signet Lands as kind of a post-hoc name. Yeah, yeah, it's Since a good signets worn out when they were first <laughs> yeah, land. Right. They actually predate their first ones predate signets. Yeah. That's that's a good point. Yeah, I I really want to pick up a copy of the Pure Steel Paladin from this. From oh, this the, set. yeah. It's just it is the cleanest. Just like here is a person in power armor. Yep, such a good reprint too. You know, yes. what a perfect use of a reprint slot. Yes, because like they literally, this is the like the Brotherhood of Steel, like literally use Knight as a title in the games too. So it's so perfect. Yeah, I uh, one I want to just mention, and and it's because I really think this is a this is just such a Rakdos card, and it's so fun. Is the Nipton Lottery? Yes. Choose a creature at random. You gain control of that creature until end of turn. Untap it. It gains haste until end of turn. Then destroy all other creatures. It, it's a <laughs> mutiny effect with a board wipe attached to it. I mean, how does how much you get more fun than this? Yeah, and it is <laughs> surprisingly, like, shockingly good, like mechanics to fit yeah. the flavor of what it's actually referencing. Yeah. And then the flavor text is Oliver Swanwick won the only lottery that matters, a chance to live another day. Yes. That was when a well a faction that is actually represented in the, the commander sir, Caesar's Legion, took a town. Yeah. They did a lottery to see who got to live at Oliver Swanwick was the person who got to live. And he so I'm also curious, is, is we're kind of going through these. I've been curious to find out, is there any that are just like things that were missing for either of you? Cause I know that's always the hard part with these universe beyond sets, right? Like things that are like, yeah, it's, it's just like what they're able to do versus, you know, I mean, we, we didn't get anything from Nuka land. Oh, that's a good point. That was, so is that like a, like it's, it's Disneyland, Disneyland in okay. Fallout yes. world. Yes. And it, it is, I think, 
for me, the most fun piece of D, uh, DLC that it they had. It was the best DLC the games for, I played. Yeah. Because I yeah, knew there was, a, there was at least one character that I had seen is kind of being a, a shock that was missed. Um, I'm trying to remember who that was. Because I know that was more of some Fallout fans I had seen talking about missing missing somebody so uh joshua graham so i don't know who that was but i saw some people talking yeah, about it so yeah, this is character that's probably lost to time and memory for me okay so that's a, yeah, that's mm. what i was wondering because like i don't like we 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 went through this when we were when we met with gavin right like the, oh yeah you know, there's there is a, a limit to things you can include and in, in times yeah. that means yep. what is going to be yeah, missed just so. the one that the one that comes to mind immediately for me is just nuka land Okay. Yeah. There's nothing in here representing that. Yeah, I was initially surprised. I think they can, you know, convinced me I was a little bit wrong with how they did the like the how they built the decks, like who what they're called and kind of who are the. Yeah. I was shocked there wasn't one for the Brotherhood of Steel because that's the iconic power armor. Like that is yeah. the iconic image of Fallout for people as like both who know the property and don't, but have right. a little bit of familiarity. I mean, it's basically the face image of Fallout oh, as the power yeah. armor. That's okay. Yeah. Yeah. And, but they did represent them pretty well within the cards. Okay. Yeah, but I was a little the bit, cards. they just didn't I, get a, they didn't get their own faction. Yeah, they, they didn't. And that would have been, neat like i honestly was surprised they went with caesar more because yeah. i more because I, I honestly i'm surprised that there is as much new vegas representation as there is i think it's because they know the community there's a large community that loves it but also it's the only modern fallout game that wasn't developed by bethesda mm -hmm. it was made by a different company obsidian a company which is made up of a lot of the people who made the original Fallout games. It's a yeah. weird, it's a weird thing. But I, I figured they would be more prominent with their own property, <laughs> their own part of it. But they, to their credit, like there's there's a lot of that. You have the Master as one of the main commanders from the early early games. Yeah, there's a lot of seventy six representation. Card, and I, I was kind of, I, I was. I really enjoyed seeing this one in here, and this is one that goes back to three, but there's uh, a card, Megaton's Fate. Yes. And this is a decision you get to make in the game, Hobbs, where there is a live nuclear bomb in the middle of this town, and at one point you get to decide whether to disarm it or detonate it. What? Okay. Yes. And, and that is exactly and, the choice you get on the card. And there is a person who will pay you to detonate it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So in this case, though, you get the treasure for not for disarming it. So yeah, yeah. I don't remember you getting much for disarming it. You just get to do the right thing and not kill everybody in the town. Did they? Give I was you like, that. you get to. Yeah. Did they give you, you the house for that? You get the house. Yeah, you get a house in the town if you disarm it. And Very nice. You get a shack. I was yeah. like, is that an incentive in this game? So I don't know. <laughs> like, is, is getting it's, a house in this town, like, good? I mean, I mean it depends on how much you like the town. It was it was okay, yeah. I guess. And it's it's one of, depending on how you build your character, you have to have a decent amount of science for it, I think. Like, certain skills. But it's one of the earliest 
like homes you can get and in bethesda games in particular both the elder scrolls and the the fallouts we're talking about over encumbered it's really nice to have a place you own because then you can dump all your junk into a box and keep it where you can access it without being encumbered the whole time so depending on where you're at in a game actually getting the house is a is a good trade-off though i suppose you do get a room in the 10 penny tower if you detonate it but that is kind of in the late game area. It's harder to get to early on. Yeah, but I do love this card. You either yeah, it's destroy a great card. an artifact and get four treasure tokens, or you do eight damage to every creature and get and every player gets four rad counters. It's it's great. You either detonate a nuke or you destroy an artifact. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that that's that's a good one. I thought I had one one quick one. I do I do like this is a card I like and in context in isolation it's great in context it feels like a little tiny bit of a flavor miss but that's that's radstorm it oh, doesn't yeah. actually give anybody rads no it doesn't <laughs> but outside of knowing the mechanics of the set radstorm is just a flavor in isolation works pretty well just the storm and the proliferate mechanic just being on it and again from a melthos thing I'm always a sucker for a spell that just has like two keywords and that's that's the whole rules text. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. So clean. Yeah. Okay. Well, any other highlights that we did not hit? We managed to go a long time on this, which is awesome. Yeah, I mean, I yeah. could definitely find more, but Yeah, like Alpha Deathclaw having monstrous makes me so happy. Yeah. <laughs> That's another one. I, I know the people talk about the corpse jacks menace really works here is just like a reprint with the just the the style of it i think um they did one of the mm-hmm. alt arts on it yeah oh yeah because it's a fungus cool. yeah yeah i mean i could just go through the art on all the reprints and say why this reprint is cool yeah but... <laughs> <laughs> that is absolutely a thing yeah Fire Shrieker being an actual flamethrower, though, you know, well done. <laughs> yep. Yep, those are fun when you can get those going. I, I like Junk Jet. That's just a fun name for a an equipment. Yeah, so. and it's it's one that you literally, it is a weapon that you just load with whatever items you want. Yep, and it I like that, too. Yeah, you sacrifice another and you get to double a creature's power and toughness. Like, this is another one I get, like, I'm hitting now on the ones that kind of popped up while I was searching, because that, once again, is potential for uh, equipment heavy deck, so. Mm -hmm. Yeah, there's a lot of equipment in this. Yeah. All right, well, I think we, we, you know, we could keep talking, but, you know, we're just, yeah, we'd be... We'd be going Two weeks in a row, y'all. Two weeks in a row. Yeah. Just have to point that out. It's awesome. Yep. And yep. And we're going to be having some um, guests hopefully getting scheduled soon. So, yeah. We hope to hear from everybody shortly. <laughs>